Ranked one of America's top research universities, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee plays a vital role in shaping the future of Milwaukee and Wisconsin. UWM's diversity, academic excellence, and world-class research contribute to the region's economic development and quality of life. Meet the people behind the creativity and discoveries on UWM Today. Here's the host, Tom Lujak, Vice Chancellor of University Relations. Native American women experience sexual assault more than any other ethnic group in the U.S., and yet they are less likely to report the crimes. They also don't receive the medical examinations needed to collect evidence for use against their assailants. Now, a $2 million federally funded project carried out by researchers at UWM's College of Nursing is underway to address the problem. Joining us on this edition of UWM Today to talk about it are Lucy Mikandawari-Valmu and Janiel Lubke. Lucy is an associate professor in the College of Nursing, and Janiel recently received her PhD from the college. She is now a postdoctoral researcher at UW-Madison's College of Nursing. Welcome, Lucy and Janiel. Good to have you on today's program. Thank you, Tom. It's good to be here. Thanks. Uh, Lucy, why don't we begin with you? Before we begin talking about the service grant that you received, let's talk about why so many Native American women are the target of sexual assault, uh, which is the problem you're trying to address. Yeah, so, um, you know, a lot of scholars have talked about, you know, this particular issue and the prevalence of um, violence in the lives of Native American women, including um, not only Sarah Deer, um, but also Janiel has has written a lot about um, you know, why Native American women are targeted um, it, in the realm of violence. And so um, this is really steeped in a history of colonialism, you know, the colonialism that is a part of the history of this nation, um, where um, Sarah Dia argues that it wasn't just the land that was for the taking, but also women and women's bodies. And so this is something that has gone on um, from the time of, you know, the colonial era to to present day where we find that um, it's actually uh, not native men, but non-native men who perpetrate violence in the lives of Native American women. And so that's the, um, the result that we see in terms of the high prevalence rates of intimate partner violence, sexual, uh, sexual violence, and other forms of violence in the lives of women. And Janelle, you've been you've been very open with the fact that you yourself are a survivor of intimate partner violence. Um, could you talk about your experiences and and why you became involved in this initiative with Lucy to try to to deal with something that is causing such great harm in the Native American community? Sure. Um, this is really something that I noticed, you know, early on in my life and kind of had always wondered about, you know, why domestic violence or um, different types of gender-based violence was so prevalent in either um, Bad River, my reservation, or, um, you know, within people I knew, my family. And it wasn't until I was a little older and, and went to college and, you know, kind of learned about um, some of these dynamics. And I happened to find myself in that very situation. And, you know, all of the years that um, my life 
you know, I, I was involved with, uh, you know, an abusive partner. And as I've learned more about um, my own history and the, the colonial history and um, it, the pieces really started to, to come together, um, where when we see things perpetuated through generations and um, these patterns really begin to repeat themselves. And um, it, it, again, it's really steeped in colonialism, whether it's per perpetrated by a non-Native person or a Native person. Um, you know, traditionally, uh, violence is it's not a traditional um, Native American value. Um, we lived a very um, kind of egalitarian, balanced, harmonious way, um, not only for survival, but um, our, our traditional ways and our, our culture. We, we live um, with balance um, amongst ourselves and with our land. It's, it's just steeped in every, uh, every part of our being. So these colonial influences um, eventually did you know, impact our men as well. Um, you know, toxic masculinity and and these learned behaviors. So, um, as Lucy had mentioned, the the majority of the perpetrators have been that we, we know through research have been non-native, but we also do see, um, you know, native on native violence in our our communities and as well. And that's part of that reason is just. Um, the environment, how we're shaped by our, our environment. So, you you mentioned that uh, you're part of the uh, Bad River Band. It's it's the Bad mm -hmm. River Band of the Lake Superior tribe of Chippewa mm -hmm. Indians here in Wisconsin. Was this an issue that you talked about growing up? No, um, it was it wasn't something that was ever talked about. It's just oh that happened, and it, it was just very normalized. That's just kind of what adults did. Um, it's even difficult to talk about now. Um, we we see a lot of lateral violence in our own communities um, when women have come forward and named their perpetrators, especially if they were native. Um, there's there's backlash, and there still is backlash. Um, you know, I've, I've done interviews with. Native American women um, for my dissertation, and I had numerous women talk about how they either weren't believed or there was backlash in their own communities because the perpetrator's mom was a person of power or they worked or they were a member of the tribal council. Um, and so there was shaming and blaming and um, gossip and, and victims um, have just chosen to remain silent. Um, some have not, and and they've gotten backlash. But I, I think um, these these grassroots movements that we see in Native American communities that have been so strong for the last you know 10, 20 years or longer, they're gaining a lot of momentum. And our young Native girls are really standing up and and learning through um, seeing other Native women come forward and be strong and, and be a voice for their themselves and their community. So it's it's been a really beautiful thing to see. Um, you know, we know that it's still a problem, but I think we're really starting to turn a corner in, in how we're starting to talk about some of these difficult things and these challenges, but that we don't have to live that way. 
you know, we don't we don't have to stay silent or or be a victim. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, Lucy, speaking of turning the corner, the program that you receive federal funding for is designed to do just that. Let's talk about this $2 million grant that you've received through the UWM College of Nursing and uh, what you hope to accomplish. Yeah, so like Janiel said, you know, we, we are academics and we tell our partners this all the time. Um, you know, the grassroots agencies that are doing this work, you know, our goal is to really come alongside them and offer support in whatever way that we can. So they primarily do the work and and, and we offer, you know, we play a more of a supporting role um, in, in that work. And so we really feel honored, you know, at UWM and the College of Nursing to be able to come alongside our partners. Um, the majority of our partners are culturally specific, so they are um, native peoples who are doing this work. Um, in Milwaukee, our partners include Her Wellness and then also Gerald L. Ignis Indian Health Center. So they um, are doing some really amazing work and, you know, that, that we really feel privileged to be a part of. And then we also have partners up north. Um, we're working um, or establishing relationships with um, two tribes up north, uh, Lakutare and then also um, St. Croix. And so there are some partners that we have up north, um, a couple of mainstream partners that we're working with, Embrace, and then St. Croix Sexual Assault Response Team, in addition to the tribes as well, and working closely with them. Has it been difficult getting members of the tribes to participate in this program, given the fact that historically, as Janelle point out, points out, uh, there's not been a lot of discussion or talk uh, about this problem and, and the underreporting that uh, has occurred as a result? So that has been the challenge is, um, you know, uh, knowing that um, Native American women experience um, some of the highest rates of, um, of violence, uh, including sexual violence, but yet they don't um, access services. And there are a number of reasons for that that we're seeing, um, you know, in our state, in the state of Wisconsin, there are complex um, racial dynamics that go on. I'm sure everybody is aware of that. Um, there's a lot of racism that goes on, whether it's in the urban environment or the rural environment. And so um, within the context of um, women experiencing racism, it's kind of difficult for them to separate um, you know, their experiences within the community with what they think they will encounter when they seek health care or when they try to access social service, you know, support from social services um, agencies that are in the area. And so that's the bridge that we're trying to to um to, to fill, you know, where we're trying to um, fill that gap to, to figure out how, you know, mainstream agencies can be more responsive and then making sure, you know, that they are ready to receive and that they're culturally competent and, and, and their services are relevant to, to Native people when they access their services before we can encourage um, women to access those services. So um, in Milwaukee, like I said, we do have the culturally specific agencies that um, women are comfortable with. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we extend that to make sure that the mainstream service providers are also culturally relevant and can provide the necessary care. Janiel, I suspect as a Native American yourself, um, that has been a real asset in, in this 
uh, project because you literally have have walked the walk. You've talked the talk. You've you you can identify with the people who are victimized here. Yeah, I think um, having people see someone who has gone through these same experiences and um, you know definitely helps to create or foster some trust um, between. It, you know, especially as an as an academic, and we know that academic agencies haven't always had the best, you know, reputation, um, especially in indigenous communities or you know other communities of color, just because of that that kind of colonial history. But um, I, I think you know projects like this are just the beginning. Um, it takes years and years and years um, to really develop trust and, and foster and nurture these relationships that we have with these agent, you know, community agencies. And I, I think that that, that helps um, people in the community to see that um, oh, someone, someone has been through this experience and, and they understand, you know, what needs to happen in order to start making some of these changes that are desperately needed. So we're going to talk about uh, exactly what the program will be doing in just a moment. But for those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to UWM Today here on WUWM. I'm Tom Lujak, and our guests this week are Lucy Mikandawari-Valmu. She's an associate professor at UWM's College of Nursing. And Janil, Janil Lubke, Janil recently received her PhD at UWM and is now at UW-Madison's College of Nursing as a postdoctoral researcher. We're talking about um, the great problem, not just here in Wisconsin, but nationally of Native American women uh, being the biggest target of sexual assault more than any other ethnic group in the U.S., yet far less likely to actually report the crime and get the help that they need. Uh, Lucy, uh, getting back to the service grant that you received, um, I was pleased and, and I guess surprised that uh, that your plan in this program is to literally touch the lives of thousands of women uh, here in the state of Wisconsin as part of this program. How are you going to go about doing that? Yeah, so that is our hope, Tom, is that um, we um, we will work alongside our partner agencies um, to make sure that women are aware of um, the services that are available. So um, at Gerald L. Ignis Indian Health Center, um, we're working with them to set up um, sexual assault nurse examiner services. So um, we're in the process of doing that. And then uh, with our colleagues at Her Wellness, they managed to um, hire a community court, uh, a community advocate um, who is working in the community and, and really doing an amazing job in letting, um, you know, uh, people in the community be aware of the services that are existent in the area. Um, and then just working with the local hospitals, um, we have um, some consultants that are coming um, into the state from Colorado who um, are, are native specific and, and do this work around the country. And so they're going to be sharing um, 
you know, some, they're going to be doing some training across the state um, through the grant as well to make sure that mainstream partners um, are aware of, um, you know, how to engage with um, specifically the tribes in our state and, and people who identify as Native American in our state. Um, yeah, so, so and up north, um, similarly, the same thing, we're working with our partners to, we have a, a we recently opened um, a satellite site in Rice Lake. Um, so that site will be serving um, the needs of um, sexual assault survivors. So we have sexual assault nurse examiners there who are available to meet the needs of, of people who have experienced sexual assault and specifically making sure that um, Native peoples have access. In addition to access, though, you still have this issue of of many of the women uh, not coming forward. Janiel, how do you address that? It's it's terrific that you might have uh, a, a very receptive audience in that emergency room or in that domestic abuse center that a woman uh, finds themselves in. But how do you get them to actually ask for that help? Mm-hmm. Um, well, this work isn't going to happen overnight, so this is, um, you know, just the beginning of that of that journey. But I think through the the kind of promotion of this project, highlighting certain pieces of it, where part of that culturally specific care includes um, self sovereignty, which is really having that. Um, that personal control over your body and, and what happens to it. And um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about what a SANE nurse or a sexual assault nurse examiner does. If you go for a SANE exam, um, you know, that you have to report the sexual assault to the police or you have to give forensic evidence against your will. Or, you know, I think there it sounds scary to people to say, well, I'm, you know, I've had a, an instance of sexual assault and I'm going to go to a sane nurse. There's a lot of fear around that. Um, some of that has to do with mistrust or tensions with law enforcement and, you know, previous experiences that people have had. So um, a part of what, what we do is, you know, working with our partner agencies to making sure that they are, um, they're practicing culturally safe care. And that includes, you know, the survivor being in charge of her care plan. And um, if, if they don't want to report to the police, or maybe they're not at the point where they're ready to, then we respect that. Um you know, we would provide other services, you know, emergency contraception, you know, STI or sexually transmitted infection testing, um, support, referral to mental health care or, you know, any other type of follow-up care. So um, really just trying to get the word out that that services are not always geared just towards, you know, we're going to force an arrest to be made that that we really want to support people and the choices and the decisions that we make or they make. And um, we spend a great deal of time, you know, networking and, and collaborating with different agencies um, 
such as the the attorney general sexual assault response team, you know, having that presence and and you know being in contact with with leadership or you know people in, in, in official positions, um, being in contact with local hospitals and law enforcement and um, my membership on the MMIW task force um, that that's newly formed. Um, I'm on a subcommittee, the data subcommittee for that. So having that presence so that I can be a voice, you know, to to carry these concerns to other, you know, people who are collaborating along with us. So it's a it's a multi-step process. <laughs> Lucy, Janiel must be an enormous uh, asset to you as you think about how you can go ahead and make this program work. You know, you're the academic um, uh, sponsor of the program uh, in terms of, of getting the money from the federal government to start this. But it's people like Janiel that are going to be critical to make sure that that the the victims, if you will, uh, will avail themselves of the help that you're trying to provide. Yeah, this this really is Janiel's work, you know, it, um, her dissertation laid the foundation for um, the work that we are doing. And, you know, for me, it's, it's just a privilege to be able to come alongside her um, to offer support and, um, you know, to, to work as an academic in this area to, you know, to, um, to figure out what it is that women need, what it is they say they need, and then making sure that the mainstream agencies especially are um, cognizant of those needs and, and you know, really um, bridging the gap um, between um, the community and, and, and healthcare establishments and, and social service agencies. So, yeah, um, Janiel is really central to that. She is, you know, she's, she's the reason we are all here. So, yeah. Janiel, are your friends, your Native American friends who hear about this work, are they, are they interested in, in helping you? Uh, what, what's been their reaction? I've had a really positive, um, I guess, support network during this time. And, and I have had um, women that I don't even know just reach out and say, this is great. What can I do? And I, you know, I do refer people to these grassroots um, kind of um, groups that are, there's a lot of kind of smaller, um, agencies or nonprofits that are doing amazing work. Um, there's, you know, several in the Menominee area, um, like Waking Women Healing Institute and, and Woodland Women and, um, Many Konakin, you know, the leadership cohort and Wise Women Gathering. And there are tons of groups that I, if people say, oh, I, I want to help, what can I do? I refer them um, to, to other groups that we are, you know, strongly connected to just because it, it does take, it, it takes a team. <laughs> it takes everyone um, to really come together and, and work together. So it's been wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh, Lucy, what does success look like? For us, uh, I think... Just uh, making sure that nurses, um, healthcare providers, um, 
social service agency workers that they understand um, the urgency and the needs of of native women specifically that um, you know that there is a high prevalence and that if if native women are not accessing your services then you know there's something that we need to do differently, you know, to make sure that they do access services. Um, and then, um, you know, I think that would be um, a success to, to get that partnership from mainstream services um, to make sure that they are culturally relevant. And then um, when women are able to access all the services that are available to the community and say that they've had a good experience, I think that will be success for us. And then obviously um, with our colleagues that, that um, Janil has mentioned, making sure that um, we put in place, you know, measures that are preventative so that, you know, we minimize um, women's experiences of violence, that we can lower that prevalence rate um, in, in whatever way that looks like. But, but you know, we're, that's our goal, you know, in this area of work. We want to make sure that we get to a point where um, we have gender equity and that women no longer have to experience violence in their lives and that they can contribute um, meaningfully to society in, in the way that they, they would like to. We have a large number of Native Americans here in Wisconsin, but um, obviously there are Native Americans located across the country. Are there similar programs like this underway in places other than Wisconsin or are we unique? I think there are some. Um, I, I believe uh, Janelle on the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Task Force, they've been looking at um, other programs that exist across the country. But I would say that our program is unique. Um, you know, so I think we're, we're learning from other programs that are in existence. Um, but at the same time, we, we do feel like our program is, is unique in that it's being driven by the needs of women, that Janelle's um, dissertation was really foundational and that, you know, what women said, um, the voices of women have been centered so that they can inform um, the services that are culturally relevant and meets their unique needs. Janelle, where do you see your life's work go? Is, mm-hmm. you, you focused your dissertation in this area. Do you see yourself engaging in this issue the rest of your career? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I have a few grants that I'm working on right now that build, you know, on that work. So I I see my dissertation as being the foundation and then my life's work will just evolve from that step by step. And my research is, you know, strongly focused on community-based participatory methods. So having those on the ground partnerships that are leading this work with me so that I'm not seen as the expert in this topic, but I'm just more of a, I guess, um, you know, I carry the voice of, of the ground work that's going on and, and put it into an academic setting so that students and other faculty can learn from it. <laughs> I, think they, I think they will, uh, based on, on your passion and your commitment to this. Uh, Lucy and Janelle, thank you so much for, for sharing your stories today. We wish you the best as you continue helping to bring this expansion of services to Native American women. And um, hopefully we will, we will see a change in the future and, and see an end to the violence uh, that uh, is causing so much harm in the community. Thanks for, for your thoughts today. It was great to be here.
Yes, thank you for having us. Lucy Mikandawari Velmu, she's an associate professor at UWM's College of Nursing, and Janiel Lubke, recent PhD grad from uh, the College of Nursing, now a postdoctoral researcher at UW Madison. Both are guests on this edition of UWM Today. That's all for this week's program. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week at the same time. Take care, everybody. I'm Tom Lujak. You've been listening to UWM Today with host Tom Lujak, the weekly program where you get to meet the people behind one of America's top research universities, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Playing a vital role in shaping the future of Milwaukee and Wisconsin, UWM's diversity, academic excellence, and world-class research contribute to the region's economic development and quality of life. Learn more at uwm.edu.